Thank you, Rob and Melissa. Well, it is my deep pleasure to uh, welcome to the stage today uh, Rabbi Olivier Benheim, um, who is a avid student of the Torah and has been a uh, student of the Jewish way for most of his life. He lived in Israel for close to 10 years where he studied in Jerusalem with many, uh, many uh, teachers of the Jewish spiritual path. And he currently serves, serves as the rabbi of Bet Aleph Meditative Synagogue. And um, it is a delight to have him with us. What I really appreciate is that he approaches the Torah as a paradigm for spiritual awakening and a lens for exploring one's Jewish identity and fosters a Jewish spiritual practice which includes, I love this, guided and silent meditations, mystical chant, and ecstatic music. Uh, so please welcome Rabbi Olivier here with us today. Thank you. Good morning. It's a pleasure to be back here. Actually, all that you're so beautifully saying we're doing, we're doing it right in this space. Uh, we've become partners uh, with CSL. Uh, since February, so that was about a million years ago. Um, and uh, we have the pleasure to meet in the space on the first and third Fridays of every month. So you can come and uh, share in our ecstatic music right here um, together. Everybody's always welcome. <clears throat> it's an honor to be here. And um, I, I just want to start and acknowledge... Um, and the loss in your community. Uh, it's always um, a difficult time when someone so beloved, someone who has been such a pillar uh, of one's community, to, uh, when, when that person makes their transition, uh, to be able to really be with the pain um, and, and, and also be with the love that actually is the cause of the pain, you know. If, they weren't, if there wasn't love, there wouldn't be pain. And that's the reality in which we human beings exist. The greater the light, the more painful the darkness sometimes. So I just want to start acknowledging this. Um, and I've, I've, as I first walked into the space and became aware of this, uh, this difficult moment that you are all moving through, I asked about Darlene. And what I was told is that she was, in fact, the embodiment of joy, uh, was a vibration of joy when she uh, came here into this space and met with you and, and prayed with you and, and rejoiced with you. And so, uh, though at first I thought maybe it wouldn't be an awkward thing for me to speak about joy today now, and I was prepared to completely improvise a different, uh, a, a different talk, I, I felt that not knowing Darlene, but hearing from all of you who she was for you, that in fact it was a beautiful way to honor her and her presence still felt within these walls talking about joy. So if you'll allow me, I will... Um, I will begin actually by saying that it's... it's uh, it's interesting that the title of my, my talk uh, was the appeal and challenge 
of living from a place of joy. Maybe especially today, um, we can tap into the deep joy within us and also be aware of the challenge and the emotional challenge that this day might bring to us. And I want to start with um, bringing into my remarks a a quote from Jewish scriptures, um, from the book of Psalms, from the book of Psalms. Perhaps one of the shortest psalms in the book of Psalms, Psalm 100. And if you are at home and you have uh, 30 seconds to find your book of Psalms and turn to Psalm 100, here you just have to uh, close your eyes maybe and let the words that I'm going to speak now uh, flow through you and stay with you. It's a beautiful, very short psalm. Psalm 100. A psalm of thanksgiving. Sing a song to the beloved, all the people of the earth. Serve the one isness with joy. Come into the presence with joyous song. Know that the transcendent one is the imminent many. Know that from that you came, and that you are, and to that you shall return. Love created us and guides us through the unfolding fields of our life. As we enter your gates, Holy One, as we enter your gates with thanksgiving songs, your courts with praise, we give thanks to you. Bless your unsayableness, for you are goodness, endless kindness, truthfulness now and from generation to generation. Amen. Beautiful, pithy, powerful psalm to really guide our lives if we are able to hear it and let it move through us. But what is the joy that the psalm is revealing to us if we listen deeply? What is the psalm talking to us about true joy? What it is telling us is what joy is not. And what joy is not is, quote, unquote, positive thinking at all costs. You know, that that practice that demands of us to turn this frown upside down, which, in fact, can really be hurtful um, because it doesn't allow us to be with the frown. And sometimes the way to uh, move through the frown is to be with it and to acknowledge it, and to breathe through it. Joy is also not the transmutation of negativity, you know, the transmutation of anger, of upset, into this kind of a forced, fake emotion of joy that in fact does anything but repress and push down what actually needs to be brought up, looked at, embraced, said yes to. 
So joy really isn't this anti-sadness attitude that we, we should impose upon ourselves to move through life. Because joy isn't um, a life posture, uh, an act that we are supposed to perform on the stage of, you know, wherever we find ourselves, at work, at, at school, wherever we are. That it's not something that we are asked to embrace at all costs and at all times. It's not a feel-good practice that demands of us that we ignore the, the darkness in our world, that we push away the, the challenges in our life, in ourselves, in our being, that, that causes us to deny the anxiety and the challenge of our everyday circumstances. That is not true joy. That is not true joy. That is not what the psalm is telling us. True joy is to be found. What, what joy also isn't is this materialistic pursuit of happiness. The accumulation of stuff will never give us the joy that we're sinking, mistakenly thinking that that kind of accumulation will finally give us, if only I had that thing, or that, that, that person, then I will feel joy. That is never going to be true joy. The joy that actually sits within us, the joy that feeds us, that is just temporary, ephemeral joy that dissipates as soon as, as, soon as we have taken a spoon of that ice cream. You know, the getting to the pint, that was the joy. <laughs> but then, after that first spoon, is like, I don't know. It's no longer there, right? What joy is also not is the accumulation of memory. You know, there's so many of us that, that, that really want to uh, add memory after memory after memory so that down the line we can look back at our life and say, oh, that was a joyful time. I just missed it because I you know, accumulated all those memories. So I was never there in the present. I was never really fully joyful in the experience of this moment because I was so focused on accumulating, you know, multiplying those great experiences. Most importantly, what joy is not is the multiplication of selfies. I mean, we've all saw the feeds of our friends who are always joyful. It's embarrassing. How can they have the kind of life that they have? And I know I don't. But every selfie is in this gorgeous place. They're having a fantastic time, surrounded by most amazing, beautiful people, and just having the time of their life. And it seems they're able to do that every hour of every day. ecstasy of selfies joy that is completely fake (laughs) 
Actually, I was thinking I'm surrounded by beautiful, amazing people in this gorgeous landscape. I should really take a selfie of myself so that I can accumulate selfies and experiences so that I can talk to the people I know three weeks from now and say, look at where I was. How joy. And we make believe this fake life. And what that does to us is that it robs us from the ability of being in the spaces that are not picture perfect. And actually it robs us from experiencing the deep joy underneath that that we miss for the superficiality of manufactured joy. So what does the psalm tell us? One of the sentences that I love the most in this Psalm is the second verse. Serve the one isness with joy. Come into the presence with joyous song. Serve. Serve. Be of service to the one presence. Be a channel through which that, that energy, that being, that, that love, that compassion can express. Serve, but as be of service. It reminds me of Francis of Assisi, you know? Help me, Holy One, help me be of service to you. I'm, I'm paraphrasing, of course. But that's the, that's, that's the spiritual impulse. It's not uh, an ego-driven accumulation of joy. Joy comes from being in service of something greater than ourselves. That's where we find joy, true joy. When we have made our life a channel for something greater than ourselves to manifest and and how joyful to do that, to be that, to embody that. That, in fact, is my favorite verse in all of the psalm. What what the Hasidic masters actually practiced not practiced, but embodied in their spiritual teachings in, in the late 1700s, where they discovered their own true nature, where they knew, as the psalm tells us, that they came from that oneness, that one present, that isness, that that's what they were. And in the ecstatic realization of our divine beingness, then the only response to that true realization is an ecstatic expression of joy. But, but of intrinsic joy, of, of joy from the depth. Because joy, joy is deep, joy is true. Joy is an expression of thanksgiving as the Psalms begin. I mean, think about a time where you experience true joy. Now call it up in your life. Call it up in this moment. Perhaps it was when you saw those two kids running and shouting at the top of their lungs that they were the greatest kids ever. Uh, what, 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 what blossoms in your heart has to be thanksgiving if you think of that moment in your life of true abandonment, of true surrender. That with that joy comes thanksgiving. Obviously, gratitude. 
They are one and the same. It comes from the deepest realization, the deepest knowledge, as I said, of our true nature, that we're not separate beings. That we're not, you and me, separate islands lost in the raging ocean of life. That in fact, each and every single one of us came from the most sacred source of being. That we are beings made of the most sacred light. Children of the one. Children of God. As the Torah tells us. We are the embodiment of the most high, of the most sacred. And yet we forget. We, we only look at ourselves as this flawed being and we lose the consciousness that beneath all of that there is the light of being that shines and seeks to shine through us what our teachers tell us based on actually the story of adam and eve in the garden of eden gorgeous beings as 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 a minute or so before they were ushered out with love and kindness uh, out of the garden they were clothed with garments of skin. If you know that passage in the Torah. Up until then, they were beings of light. And then they were clothed in, in garments of skin and ushered out with compassion and, la- and love by the one being that was that light. That they enclosed in garments of skin because you and me and all of us are the light of being, the divine light, and clothed and cased in in garments of skin. Right now. That is who and what we are, we just keep forgetting. Because we look in the mirror and we get attached to the garment and we forgot who is wearing this body of not ours. It reminds me of that beautiful teaching from that forgotten teacher, at least forgotten as far as I'm concerned. Maybe you know or remember who he was, who she was, who they were. Who said, the one presence that is looking at me through your eyes is the same one presence that is looking at you through my eyes right now. The one presence, the one being that is looking at me through your eyes right now is the same one that is looking at you through my eyes right now. It's just dressed up as this, as it is dressed up in your garment of skin as the story of Genesis reminds us. These are to me the gates of understanding that the psalm is talking about. The gates of understanding that we know are getless, getless gates because they're always already right here. These are the courts 
in the palace of the divine, that we are always invited in, the courts of realization, the courts of awakening that the psalm is speaking to us about. And as we enter the palaces of our own inner divinity, we come to realize that beneath this whole drama of existence, Everything is fundamentally okay. Everything is fundamentally okay. I use this image when I lead, um, when I do guided meditation. I invite people um, as they are sitting to sink a little bit beneath the chaos of the waves of consciousness crashing in each other in the turmoil of our life to to sink beneath the surface taking a few deep breaths and to let let the chaos of of the swirling of issues and problems and and for and against and all that is happening in the world that is triggering that is angering that is whatever it is doing and to sink beneath the surface. In fact, to let themselves drop, drop farther and farther below the surface. And to finally, as we relax more and more and breathe more and more deeply, to sink so low that we are all sitting at the bottom of the ocean. From that place we realize that all that is happening at the surface level, all the chaos and all the turmoil, is only happening at the surface level. When we are able to sink deep beneath the surface and find our space, our ground, our sitting at the center of our being, then we know through and through, that everything is fundamentally okay. And when we drop into this kind of quiet, silent spaces within ourselves, and we come to know that we are guided that there is a deeper guidance that if we are able to listen is actually moving our lives through the chaos, through the forests, through the difficult times of mourning, of wrestling. And that force, that guiding force is a force of loving kindness a light of love and compassion. And when we're here, you know, when we are in that space right here, deep within the heart, then the only possible response to that kind of knowing and and awakening is to literally and figuratively drop to our knees. But drop to our knees in ecstasy. 
drop to our knees in thanksgiving, drop to our knees overwhelmed by the joy of being pouring through us, filling us, embracing us. An ecstasy of joy and thankfulness and gratitude, which is what the psalm is exactly pointing to. Because joy, joy isn't something we do, isn't something we practice. Joy is something we inherently are. Thank you.